welcome to the fourth episode of Phone Talks, Talent Edition. I'm your host, Miriam Koyman, and you're about to listen to a conversation I had with photographer and writer Luther Konadu, based in Winnipeg, Canada, and Leslie Wilson, a curator and art historian working between Chicago and New York. Leslie is also the writer of a beautiful text for Phone Magazine's talent issue of 2020 on Luther's body of work, Figure as Index, which is also the subject of this conversation. Viewing, fewer, few. These words are put underneath a black and white photograph of a young woman. It's not one photograph, actually. It's cut up in two and put back together with green pieces of tape. The woman in the portrait has her hair down and she wears a hoodie and glasses. She looks normal, didn't really dress up for the occasion of her portrait being taken, so it seems. It's as if she just came by the studio after a long day. As if she just sat down with her arm resting on the backrest. She looks straight at us. And there's something about the way she looks at the camera, at us. Viewing, fewer, few. I would just like to kick off with something that I don't know. That is, Leslie, when did you first encounter Luther's work? I encountered Luther's work actually precisely through foam. It was a suggestion that from, a, I think, a friend that this might be a good pairing. Um, and then I saw Luther's work and got really excited about it. And then actually Luther and I started talking and realizing that there are a lot of different threads of connection, including the fact that I've actually spent quite a bit of time in Winnipeg. Um, and so we got we got really excited about those connections and and just loved getting to know this work. So it was in the end because of this mutual friend or mutual connection that it was you, Luther, who proposed Leslie to be the author of a text on your work for Full Magazine? Um, I guess her she was suggested to me and I was like, sure, let's go for it. I didn't know Leslie before that. Um, but yeah, I it was such a great pairing and it was I'm like super lucky to have been paired with Leslie. That's really great to hear. It makes me really curious about this mysterious mutual friend. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like I, I can't, I don't even, I can't even remember the full kind of like, you know, chain of, of things as people are like oh you know who, who might work for that um but I think it was it was Winnipeg and it was Chicago um but it was it was also this this work and the way that it treats portraiture and I think um um and something beyond portraiture like we're looking at people but we're not sure quite what we want to call what these photographs are which I think is really exciting and um and so that that kind of opened up a gateway to a lot of conversations and I'd also been writing about um uh, conceptual art and photography and and kind of black artists in the United States in particular within that. And so it really felt like there were a few things coming together at that moment that um, uh, made Luther's work kind of really great to look at at that moment. Oh, I'm really curious to dive into this uh, in, during this conversation. Um, but let's start at the beginning because Luther, it's quite remarkable that when one googles you which i obviously did uh, <laughs> that it's actually quite uh, there's not much to find on you uh and so would you mind revealing something about your background um i guess i'm still like in, i'm emerging and um i'm based in winnipeg and it's a, like a small art scene there um and I've only been practicing in like a very conscious way um, the last five years. So I guess I haven't really accumulated a lot of work or a lot of literature about my work. Um, but yeah, I I um, I started um, photography um, when I was in school, but I never really took um, classes in school. I just um got access to equipment and like right before that like i was just looking at artists who were working within the medium and trying to figure out what they were doing and why they were doing it and how they were thinking through the medium and then i was like well what can i bring to this conversation haven't had access to equipment to be using so like what can i do with these equipments what can i create from uh, from um from what i have 
And I think that's that's where things began for me. I started for, photographing myself and um, it slowly kind of um, built, built from there, really. Because as far as I know, Figure as Index, the body of work that we are showing in Foam Magazine as well as in the Foam Talent exhibition, it is your only body of work, right? Or at That's least, correct. Yeah, I mean, it also it seems like a, you don't really work in series, but it is like a continuously evolving practice. But yet it's so consistent and mature that I wonder how you got to developing it into what it is now. I mean, of course, we don't really know what you did before you got to it, but I have to feel mm -hmm. you like, how you, did you develop it to the level of what is now out there in the world, what you're showing through foam? Well, thank you for thinking it's mature and consistent. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if I thought about it in that sense. Part of it was just doing this intuitively and on my own, I wasn't really getting feedback or I wasn't really showing it to people except for the people who, who I started to include in the images. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just between us and I was just accumulating images as time went. Um, and so there wasn't that kind of, and they were kind of encouraging me to continue doing it. Um, so there wasn't that kind of outside eye on what I was doing and so there wasn't any kind of self-doubt or like um, second guessing what I was doing. Um, I was just doing it for myself. Um, and so in that way, I kind of was just going with the flow and going with how, what I thought looked right or what I thought worked. Um, and then, yeah, I think it just slowly kind of progressed from there. I, I would, take photographs, I wouldn't look at them and I'll come back again and I look at it again and then rework and edit um, and accumulate more images. And yeah, I, I mean, I really didn't start presenting the images until like maybe three, three years later after I started um, accumulating it on my, on my own. Well, I think one of the reasons for me to say that it feels so mature and consistent is because you have developed such a distinctive style in which you're not just taking photographs. I mean, you're re-layering them, kind of fragmenting them, putting them back together. It's really obvious that there goes a lot of thinking into the photographs because you don't just take photographs, you construct and deconstruct them. Another thing that really stuck with me was when we were talking about the presentation of your work for the Foam Talent exhibition, and uh, you suggested to include a short text, a text that, amongst other things, it speaks about space. So I just wanted to quote a little bit of that text because it starts with, but why, why this space? What is this space, you say? Well, I say, this is the space free of the actual. No, I take that back. And it continues with pondering and then ends with, in that realm, your personhood is spacious. Um, <laughs> and I think it's a beautiful text and, and I have a few questions about it. Your notion of space that I was just talking about with all the relayering, it seems to consider the photograph not as a flat surface, but as a spacious entity. Or maybe I'm, I'm getting that wrong, it's the other way around. But is that really a correct conclusion to draw that the way you play with prints and copies and layering that it's kind of emphasizing the in-between space. And that's why you write about the photographs in this short text uh, as spacious. Yeah, I think about my, the text or any piece of writing that I do with the images as kind of like a different arm to the images. Um, and so it's not necessarily like a caption or necessarily a description to the images, but how can I continue what I'm doing with the images through language? Um, and I think language and images working collaboratively together is how we understand the world. But then those two mediums are very much limited in terms of what they, what they end up giving us um, for um, a means of understanding. Um, and so how can I work within the, that space to 
illuminate its own insufficiency um, and talk about its own kind of limitations. Um, and so the text, um, I kind of meander between ideas of translations, ideas of representation, and how it relates to the figures in my images and broadly um, uh, figures anywhere. Um, but, and broad, broader ideas of how we understand how, how the images that we look at give us a sense of understanding and a sense of knowing. Um, and so the text is a way of, yeah, kind of orbiting around the images, orbiting around these ideas of, um, of, of how, how we appear in images. Um, so, yeah. Because at some points in the text, I was actually wondering whether it's directed towards the viewer or towards the subjects in your photographs. <laughs> Who did you write this text for? That's a good question. I don't know if I have any audience in mind when I'm writing. I think I, I, I do think about the figure in the images and how they appear in the images and how they are translated in images. So I, I guess I'm, I am speaking to that idea of that kind of failure in translation, failure of how the body translates in images. Um, so I guess I am talking to the figure and to the inconclusive nature of images. But I also, I am speaking to these critical ideas that come out of the images as well. It's really interesting to hear you talk about it like this, because there's such a contrast between how you speak about the work in a conceptual manner and also how we are addressing the work with its title, Figure as Index, whereas mm -hmm. If we look at what's depicted in the photographs, we're speaking about close friends who are being portrayed. So that's actually a mm -hmm. very intimate space. Uh, yeah. So between that uh, intimate and the conceptual, I'm actually wondering, Leslie, how you see this with your relationship with conceptual art. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, one of the things I was really struck by with these texts was that um, they read almost like incantations because they kind of like, you know, interweave and sometimes like and repeat certain words and it and it's um, I'm really struck by kind of what happens in the middle of this text where you say it sits around in a state of suspension doing a lot of waiting an ellipsis so maybe just check back in later it is yet to become an opening towards transformation, not yet described nor closed up or incomplete, but lingering among a plurality. And so we can't be too sure of it, right? And there's like this discussion of an it and something that's becoming. Um, and I find that space to be really, like that to be a really productive thing to think about, um, you know, how photographs might bring something into being, how an incantation, how a kind of saying and like re-saying something would, would try to will something into, into being. And um, I connect this certainly to, to notions of an index, whether we think photographs are indexical. Um, I think of, you know, full, like full disclosure, my own um, um, advisor um, uh, for, for my dissertation, Joel Snyder and his, his ideas about picturing vision and that the index, you know, what we're always looking at through a photograph, right? Is it, it's not the thing. It's it's the way that the photograph pictures, pictures vision, pictures a way of looking at something. And hmm. um, and you know, so how do we think about that relationship between us and whatever it is that that, that we see, whatever is in the photo? And and um, you know, I found myself thinking too, and I and I think Luther, we've talked about this a bit. Hito Sturl's, you know, in defense of poor image certainly matters, right? Because of the, the yeah. uh, you know, and I think about um, you know, the poor image as being something like that's getting further away from us as opposed to it like becoming more of a thing. We can see it better, you know, or it, it, it's it's you know, a, a degrading of something through its, 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 its reproduction, um, but maybe it's becoming something else. Um, mm. right? And so that, that, that kind of expansive space around a singular photo 
um, feels like something that that comes through very much in in your work and like xeroxing something or re-xeroxing it or or printing it on something that clearly looks like an office printer and it has that kind of specificity. Um, I it, there's so much play with the different ways that could we we handle and and look at and 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 reproduce images in your work. And so I love that idea of becoming um, mm. that it's that it's that's where I think I think about spaciousness here. And Luther, how did you get to this practice of printing, copying, cutting the image, putting it back together? How did that evolve? I think when I started photographing myself and then slowly including my friends, it didn't feel enough to just present the images as is. I felt like I needed to interfere at the surface and kind of break that smooth, illusionistic surface of the photograph. And so I, yeah, I slowly started scanning images that I printed and I found it interesting how it became less of the initial image and it started to take on its own kind of um, visual world and and yeah, I kind of responded from there. And then it, I started to print in segments. Um, so instead of printing the whole photograph, I will crop it into two and then print it in half and then scan that as well. And then I started to tape it together and scan it again. Um, and so, yeah, like the more, the more you scan and the more you re-photograph, you're losing resolution and um, there's less and less detail and information about what is being depicted. And I think that became useful for me in thinking about separating the figure from the image. And so the, the image becomes something else and the figure is something else. Um, yeah. And so like, I think it's always crucial for me to separate experience or se separate our encounter of this, of our world and our tangible world from images um, as we continue to live within images. How do we um, base our understanding on what, how do we understand the world if we're kind of in, if we're kind of living through so many images? Um, and so breaking, breaking away from that illusion space um, became uh, an interest for me. Yeah, this is interesting how we, through this process, going from friend to figure in a way. Mm. Uh, and um, yeah, another beautiful phrase you, you wrote in this text. Um, sorry that I keep turning back to it, but it was just no, that's good. kind of obsessing <laughs> over it. Uh, you also wrote, the observer's eye knows nothing of you. And uh, when one stands in front of your work, the, um, the viewer is actually more than once confronted with the camera itself, um, which um, suggests that you often photograph in front of a mirror because, yeah, in, in a way, the camera uh, captured its own reflection. But mm -hmm. ultimately, um, the viewer is being confronted with the camera or the act of being photographed. Um, what is it that you're, was this a very conscious decision of sort of returning maybe that or, or confronting the viewer with the act of being photographed? I think, I think it all goes back to making the photograph uh, more obvious and making the image that you're looking at more of a physical tactile thing and referencing referencing itself. Um, and I think that self-referential nature to the work um, is crucial in thinking about breaking the illusion um, or like cutting down a fourth wall of the image. Um, and so you're not you're not looking you're not looking um, through something, but you're looking at something. Um, you're looking at the paper. You're looking at a camera that is taking an image. 
and constructing an image right in front of you. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, you also wrote, you are a muted video, which uh, is like already extremely poetic to me. <laughs> but also, um, uh, a lot of your photographs are, are sequences. Um, it's often not one portrait you take, but several uh, after another, in which you slightly seem to shift the angle of the camera. Or we see that someone tilted their head a bit, very little changes that, yeah, to me, mostly seem to mark the notion that a portrait is not capturing anything else than just a moment of someone's being. Whereas a lot of people, well, I think there is a tendency to relate to portraits as showing some kind of essence of a person. Mm -hmm. uh, is it, would you say that you are, um, is it the, why do you make these sequences? Is it a way of, of critiquing that notion or? Um, yeah, I mean, I, often people mention or say images with people in it as the people being the subjects. Um, but I, I never, I always push back and say the people in my work are not the subjects, but, but that they're part of the subject. Um, and the subjects being photography itself. Mm. Um, and so, and so I'm not, so I'm not really after their personality. I'm not after presenting their personality or some kind of biographical information about their life or about my relationship with them, but to present a residue of that relationship. Um, and, and in doing so connects that to a broader um, historical frame of photography and portraiture. I think it also adds a continuity with the what is being photographed. Um, and so you're not looking at one thing, but you're looking at something that extends from one frame onto the onto, onto another frame. And um, I like how I like um, long takes within uh, movies, um, long takes that keep going on and on and kind of stretch time to a point where the idea of narrative is kind of um, almost lost or kind of becomes ambient and atmospheric. Um, and I think that that is a gesture towards that using that sequencing and multiple frames um a gesture towards um dissolving narrative and um making it more something that is not super tangible mm -hmm. i love the long take like i like I, the, yeah. I, I, I love that and actually and that makes a lot of sense and i actually it makes me want to ask if there are specific felt like is there something that you have in mind as, as you think of the long take or is it more just kind of the long take as a practice i do like it as a practice but i appreciate a lot of movie directors who use it and kind of follows um an actor or follows a scene for very long stretch of time and i think it's for a viewer it tests your patience and it tests how much you want to how how much you you want to stay with this thing and how much um you're willing to give yourself to what's being unfolded in front of you um and i think for a time where we're kind of surrounded with images um and we kind of have like a very transactional relationship with images where we look at something and then move on and um, kind of have like a resolved idea of what we just saw. I think the long take kind of um, upends that a bit and um, yeah, kind of forces you to stay with the same thing for, for a stretch of time. Yeah. Another thing that really strikes me is that apart from the camera that is often sort of pointing at the viewer, uh, also a lot of the people in your photographs are looking straight at you or they have been looking straight at the camera and ultimately straight at the viewer. And mm -hmm. 
yeah, somehow they appear very relaxed, but sometimes it might be just me, but sometimes also a bit tired or slightly frustrated. They're, they're, it seems mm -hmm. like they're looking at the camera in a quite a critical manner. Would you say that's true or is that just me over-interpreting? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 t I do tell um, anyone who sits for me for a photograph to look directly at the camera. And, um, and it's a way of having them participate in the making of the image. And so they are very much aware of the frame and aware of how they are positioned in relation to the frame. And it's a way of also enacting a, a kind of performance um, with the with uh, making of the portraiture. Um, as far as how they appear in front of your eyes, um, that's that that could be a mis misinterpretation because they could either be presenting themselves in a way that they, f they feel um, they feel at that moment because the camera is in front of them or um, not presenting in a way that's discernible to you. Mm -hmm. Sure, because yeah. um, could you maybe tell a bit more about what happens on these occasions when you guys are together in the studio um, you also said earlier that um, they encourage you to keep doing this. Um, mm -hmm. What do you guys talk about? Do you um, do you also critically like discuss photography, or are you just really hanging out, relaxing, and you're making pictures as you guys go? You know, <laughs> it's it's definitely a combination of both. Um, a lot of my friends who appear in the in the photographs aren't artists or aren't in the art world. And so I think for me, it's a good opportunity to really talk to someone who isn't in the art world um, about my ideas and how I'm going about doing what I'm doing and what my intentions are. Um, and so it's it helps me also find language beyond like the realm of the art world and um yeah explain and um yeah talk about where 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 this project is going um and i often photograph the same people um over a period of time and so whenever i check in with them um it's another way of like being that here's where the project is at and and oftentimes i haven't seen them for a few months and then when they're photographed again and they see a comparison of a previous photograph i took of them you can see a difference of um change they either have gained weight or lost weight or have a new hairstyle or something that's different about them or they have a beard or something um, and so it's also a, a way of tracking our relationship and how we're each evolving physically. Um, and because, because I often photograph the same people, it's whenever I do like a group shoot, it's a good way for people to catch up because they're there often isn't much time or reason for people to hang out. And so it's a good opportunity to be like, okay, um, you're going to be there. She's also going to be there. Um, we can use this opportunity to catch up and um, see how we've been, etc. Okay, so your photographic practice is actually uh, a really good point for socializing for your friends. <laughs> it is. Nice. It definitely it is. And sometimes my friends will invite other friends and I get to also meet new people through that process as well. Um, and I think just like living in Winnipeg for the last um, six years, it's been a way, this project has been a way to know more people in the city as a result. Um, That's so, yeah. really nice. Yeah. Um, 
another element in your work is, um, and this is actually, I mean, I could see it, but it was also because Leslie wrote about it, that your work sometimes includes reproductions of photographs by artists like Dawood Bay and Lyle Ashton Harris. Um, can you tell something about how these references feed into the work and why you chose them? I think those were those were two big artists that I was looking at long before I started um, touching the camera. Um, and they are very much the work within the realm of portraiture and have a long, long careers. And they are people that I was kind of silently looking at, but like not necessarily understanding what they were doing. But being drawn to their work. Um, and so when I when I started actually taking photographs on my own, um, I wanted to do what they were doing, but I wanted to add something to it um, and kind of carry carry forth what they're what they've started. So I like to think about them as being kind of my forefathers or something like that. Um, and yeah, learning, I think they were my teachers in a lot of ways. And um, because I never really had like a formal, a formal education within photography. So there's a lot of artists that I, I look at for advice um, in a distant virtual way. But yeah, there were two big ones. What do those references uh, to other photographers mean to you when you encounter them in um, uh, in Luther's work, Leslie? Yeah, I mean, I like I felt like I could see it. I could see it even before you know, kind of it became a like, something that I was like, oh yeah, that's actually you've you've quoted that in in the work, mm -hmm. um, you know. And it was precisely because of you know thinking about Dabu Bay's portraits and 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 how they would again you you segments of a face that that you know are, that are you know, slotted together that you're seeing someone from kind of in multiple ways all at the same time and it does i think precisely some of those things around time that you were you were discussing like the long take some sense that you know you could not sum up an individual in a single in a single image and of course this you know there's, there's a long history around that one would think about like alfred stieglitz's photographs of georgia o'keefe you know like you know the and the obsession with body parts and all of those things that um you know but but i think for for dawid bain especially the distinct ways in which he's he's printing too and and the way that that again if you're seeing you know the kind of the borders of a contact sheet or something like that, it calls out its own photographicness um mm -hmm. and that that felt really critical and something that courses through your work and then also for lyle ashton harris and thinking about a work like the watering hole or something again the the not just photographs but photographs and other stuff right and and the way that writing is significant the way that um you know stationary like the, the kind of like tabs and and highlighting and underlining and marking pages and um and so that it's not just about reading it's about a way of reading or it's about a way mm. of, of of connecting different kinds of 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 information um you know and and i'd also you know it was great um miriam to to your reference to mirrors and and, and that mirrors are really important for kind of how how luther's making these self-portraits um and i you know, it, it, I think to everything from, you know, kind of in really contemporary vein, like Paul and Poggy Sapuya, and not just mm -hmm. the mirror, but like the fingerprints on the mirror, like the, the, yeah. the, the dust, the fact that like mirrors catch stuff as much as, you know, while they're also reflecting things. Um, but I think too, you know, if we want to go back to the the conceptual art touchstones. I also think about Adrian Piper and, you know, and that, and that summer that she spent photographing herself, you know, using a, a, a brownie camera, but also the mirror and that it was a, you know, this was when she'd spent a summer reading Kant and was concerned yeah, was that, it, you know, uh, food for the spirit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Food for the spirit. And that, you know, that, that she had, she had, you know, felt like maybe like her whole like kind of corporeal being was, was, was being eroded by this experience and, and that the photograph 
scrap as a way to try to retain something or hold on to something. Um, and so that there are these different ways of thinking about photographicness. Um, and 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 as much as these are kind of 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 someone, right, of, of, of like, a, like a figure, they really step back and, and ask you to think about how they're made. And I think that's especially, I think I would use the word touching in this work precisely because of the nature of, of its subjects as well, which is, I think there's a, there tends to be a default, especially if a, a portrait features a black or, or brown body within it, you know, that like there's a, a kind of heroicizing of like, a, you know, the, the, the portrait is there so that we can see ourselves. Um, and and it, it feels like within Luther's work, it's like a, seeing how we might try to see a self might be like it, it wants to like it, it seems to have like pull us back from doing quite that thing um and 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 making it so that 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 question of representation in and of itself really really takes hold and takes over um which is you know and and i also just like i i love photographs that curl um, I love, you know, photographs that like <laughs> that you just kind of like let gravity take take hold and do all of those things. And um, and there's something really satisfying about that. And so I think there's also Luther, the way that you install the work um, in a show also has another kind of life because you 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 can let paper do different kinds of things that paper will do or kind of, you know, that it, that it will cascade onto the floor and it will bend and it'll fold. And, um, uh, that that's also one of the things that we could use photography to do. <laughs> oh, that's definitely something that I really admired, uh, about how you present your work Luther. So me as a, as a curator, <laughs> I didn't really curate anything about your, <laughs> about your work in the Fontella exhibition. I just basically gave you the space to do, uh, do what you liked because, uh, I really admire how you, um, um, uh, you, you're not, uh, yeah, it's already clear that you're not just making photographs, although that would have been good enough already, but <laughs> that, that the, the way you think about photography in such a material manner it really also translates to the exhibition space. So I couldn't agree more with what Leslie is saying, but it's, yeah, it's really beautiful how you, um, keep emphasizing that not just within the photographs, but also, and uh, in, uh, the way you present them. I feel like display is everything and context is everything when, we, when it comes to how we encounter images. And so I'm very much conscious of that uh, with my work. And so when it comes to exhibition context, I think about the room and I think about what I can do with the room with my images and how I can have the viewer move through the room in a way that they're actually, there's like a more active way of looking and a more kind of intention way of looking and so you're not just looking at something from uh eye level but also you're having to bend or you're having to um squat a bit or um yeah or like arch your body a bit um to be able to see the image um and so yeah and i think that also kind of um speaks to the physicality of the images um in space um in the same way that we encounter like you would encounter like a billboard or like you encounter um uh, a poster or any kind of image in the world um how you how the reverence that you bring to it um uh, depending on the context that it's it's being shown in it's funny because this makes me think of, um, since Leslie just mentioned Adrian Piper, yeah. also makes me think of this uh, famous video work. Um, what's the title again? Corner? Cornered? Cornered, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that it's presented in a corner and that, I mean, a, a screen 
uh, in which from which she is actually directly addressing the viewer, but then in front of the screen there's this, what well, is it like a, a table being upside mm -hmm. down or it's mm -hmm. yeah, with the legs really pointing at the viewer too. So it's it's like barricade in front of the video work, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, this uh, also seems to kind of resonate with. Well, what you were just talking about, Luther, but also the viewer's physical presence in the space and how um, the kind of physical engagements you're seeking through how you present your work. It's really interesting. Yeah. Well, hmm. This I was mean, just a thought. <laughs> yeah, I mean, around that, I love the... Um, it's also that I'm, I'm in the middle of the semester. And so I'm also, it's like the things I'm reading and teaching. And, and I, we, we went back to, um, Charles Gaines's um, writing for the exhibition, the theater of refusal in 1993. And, you know, and it was a show, you know, in which kind of in the wake of the Whitney biennial, the, the notorious one in, in, in 1993 and like notorious in the sense of the kind of critical response to it. Um, this was a show that was really dealing with these questions of criticism um, for, for the work of, of black artists and um, Gaines is exploring kind of Deleuze and Guattari's like notions of deterritorialization and kind of, you know, kind of taking readers down a rabbit hole, but it's one where he's asking this question of the relationship of margins to mainstream you know, and 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 what happens when the margins get absorbed into the mainstream? Is, mainstream is there any way to stay, to 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 stave off the kind of power plays of a center, right? Or kind of entering that. And I, and there's so much discussion there about becoming, right? Like becoming minority, like you know, like the, we learn to become black or become a woman, right? You did, it, that it's not necessarily a given. It's precisely through these encounters, these tensions between, um, between kind of center and 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 whatever is supposedly outside of it. And I've been thinking so much about becoming, um, and then I would like went back to your text and was thinking about the fact that like the ellipsis or like this this space of becoming as something that you're you know really engaging as a theme and i even feel like when the seeing people in multiple um or kind of needing to bend down or something like there's a way that like the engagement with this work requires like it engages time it like mm -hmm. it, it, it it's like it it unfolds there's a way in which i think these images become like we get we get you know are involved and in, and in, in the way in which we we're trying to make sense of them we're trying to hold them together um and and i think there's really something very powerful about that um that work that we want to do or the way that we try to you know fight with the xerox you know or, or something like that to just you know to want to see it better right there's a the kind of urge like you're on an episode of law and order and you want to be like can we can we clean that up a bit or can we tighten in on something as if zooming in will like give us more information right um and i think there's something really um generative and I, I think at times playful at times serious but about you know how that gap between like encountering something and making sense of it and that mm. and, and there's a way that your work holds that time thanks <laughs> <laughs> Well, Leslie, um, since you're also talking about what you teach and what you encounter in your research, uh, your research and curatorial work focuses on, on the global history of photography and modern and contemporary art from Africa and the African diaspora, mm -hmm. amongst other things. And um, yeah, it made me think, I really love this specific uh, phrase you wrote about Luther's work for Faux Magazine. Um, it goes like this. Yes, these are all black and brown figures, but their blackness and brownness is so clearly varied and subject to the idiosyncrasies of printers and cameras. Viewers looking closely will find diasporas within diasporas, but they will also find themselves held at the surfaces at edges and corners with a sense of all that the prints cannot convey. Yeah, it's really beautiful. <laughs> but uh, could you tell uh, us something about how you relate to Luther's work stemming from your own research? 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I think there's like part of that for me was also a bit personal too because I had um, my my dad was in the military. We moved all over the place, and both my parents are originally from Jamaica, and I we lived in Grand Forks, North Dakota, when I was in high school, um, and um, and Grand Forks is not that far from Winnipeg, so we used to go up to Winnipeg sometimes, and um, that is where my mom would be able to buy Jamaican food. Like that's that's where we go, um, and I just I remember being so in touch with like the ways in which Winnipeg was was a really diverse city, and and like it was this place that that we would go to kind of get these things and. And I found myself looking at this and like thinking about kind of all of the different backgrounds of you know Luther's friends, you know, that and that you know, there are ways that you might be able to see it, but you probably actually can't tell. Like you can't tell from those photos all of the places, like at, you know, where everybody's from. Like it's not available to you. Um, mm-hmm. um but I but I found myself really thinking about that when I was looking at this work. Um, that you know, it's that it was diasporas within diasporas, that, that it, it it didn't answer the where um and and it you know and and there was something really beautiful and ex- exciting about that you know and i and i think it, it opens up a door to thinking in more complex ways about identity should that be a thing you want to do here um but i also it, but it doesn't answer much right i, I think it, it it's um and it's not seeking to like give you that like it's it's more about you know the the or it felt like it was more about the kind of community that Luther was forging with friends and um and and that 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 other kind of sociality was more significant it was more important here um mm-hmm. so that that was that was something that was really leapt out to me about this work and um and i think too you know, one of one of the things that um, I know Luther and I have spoken about, but is um, they he works slowly, and I think that's something that you can you can see in the work. It's like it's um, it's exciting to see its own thoughtfulness and the way that it roots through and kind of draws on a variety. I think of of, of histories of photography all at once, um, so that I do think you know, especially with its you know the way that it draws on, on, on text and image in that relationship, that it kind of sent me in a direction of thinking about conceptual art. Um, and then, you know, it wasn't just Dawood Bay and Lyle Ashton Harris I was thinking about. I was thinking about Maura Davey. I was thinking about um, Wolfgang Tillmann, certainly. Um, you want to talk corners and edges, like, and 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 um, also, like, scotch tape, um, you know, photographs directly onto the wall. And, and also, like, like social dynamic, like, you know, a distinct set of social dynamics that are kind of cultivated by that, that type of photography. I think it sends you in those directions too. And so it, it was also really fun to think about this work in relation to the different threads of photo history that it, that it draws on. Yeah. From a f- more, um, uh, the most contemporary point of view, um, well, he was already mentioned Paul Mipagi Sipuya, um, mm-hmm. There are really striking parallels between uh, your work, Luther, and and his. Um, for example, like the camera itself, not just being the tool, but also the subject. Um, the photograph never being straightforward, but always a construction of photographic elements. Um, how how do you relate to Paul's work, Luther? I think Paul is kind of within that. Um, category of Dawood and Lyle, whose work I was uh, very much looking at. I was actually looking at Paul's early work before he um, went into like a more collage um, uh, way of working. I was looking at his like individual um, uh, portraits yeah, and I always thought sport. I always thought that there was something very like I didn't I, I, I kept looking at them I, I didn't know how I was feeling and I just kept looking at them and they felt really poetic and calm and I was like these people are like super comfortable with their shirt off and but they're they they're so like within themselves 
um, in the images. And that was something that was really striking to me. Um, and, and yeah, I think, I think everything that he does is something that I have, that has shaped the way that I work as well. Um, and the way I think about photography, um, and how I can, um, continue that kind of, uh, deconstructive way of working and, yeah, I think he's been a, an immense influence on my practice and how how I go about working with uh, photography, for sure. Hmm. Yeah, I really have the feeling that this particular visual language is a, yeah, I don't know if I'm correct, but maybe a generational feature somehow of mm -hmm. photographers that are at this moment actively questioning photography's history in a in a very deconstructive manner. And um, yeah, Leslie, I was wondering, do you know of other fellow contemporaries that are questioning the genre of portraiture and visual histories, especially in relation to the representation of the black body in similar ways? Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is, um, but it's similar, but also, you know, different kinds of, of ways too. I mean, I, I, sure, I think yeah. about John, John C. Edmonds too, and, and, and portraits, portraits and masks and like, you know, in different ways in which, you know, again, they like, it kind of pushes us back to think about this question of representation, um, um, kind of, or to ask like, is this a portrait or who is this a portrait of? I think that's, again, one of the really exciting things about Paul's work is the kind of is the who right it's often like, like intersecting bodies especially kind of the, the collage based work is cer certainly right it's like a you know who are we seeing or how is entanglement something that is shown and I um and you know I've I've had the privilege to to um we show, showed some work at the Smart Museum by Naima Green and I think Naima is also somebody who's working in um in, in modes that feel connected to this, um, you know, she made a, a series of, of portraits that, you know, was in conversation with Kathy Opie's Dyke Deck. Um, it, it, it's called Pursuit. And it's, again, it's like, it's about, you know, I think community for Naima. And some of those people were not necessarily people she knew directly you know it's like people who she meets and then gets introduced to um she was making photographs at, at um Yakabris beach in in new york um kind of on those days that you can have at the beach when um or you could have let's say like pre-covid um where you go to meet up with one friend and then you know a friend texts another friend and then they bring that person and then more people show up that day and you have a kind of you know, you may not all kind of know each other well after that, but you've kind of developed your own kind of social world for a day. Hmm. Um, yeah. And and I think there's some really, you know, and I, I'd say that, that certainly with this, I think there's a kind of queer sensibility that courses through through this work, and and you know, and, and certainly through Naima's work, through Paul's work, it's it's a you know ways of finding community. Um, ways of representing that it forms of intimacy um, that I think are really um, in, a, in a kind of play with photography um, and, 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 and like photo high and low as well, I think is, is really important for this work too, that it, like it often finds a way to intercut those things that might be, um, you know, you know, the deck of cards or, or the, um, you know, collage like elements or the, the, the studio setting that, that it's like somewhat partial or almost looks like it's falling apart. It's, it's, I, I do think that there are some echoes or reverberations through this work, um, but that they kind of each kind of take their own, their own path through that. Oh, definitely. I mean, I also wouldn't want to say that, uh, the similarities mean that they uh, that that people are copying each other. It's just super interesting to see the parallels, actually, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but how uh, each of these artists and uh, Luther, of course, you it, you have your own take on it. Mm -hmm. um, um, and and I throughout this conversation, there's repetition of this notion of representation. And um, Leslie, you also wrote 
um, Figures Index opens up the questions of whether photographs can be correctives for photo photography's dark histories, why we might hold out hope, and if we ever really understand what photographs do. Um, to both of you, if we would allow ourselves to ponder out loud on these questions, what would you answer to this? Well, let's begin with the first question. Um, can photographs be correctives for photography's dark histories? <laughs> I don't think, I don't think, um, I don't think so. Um, but I think it can go the other direction. Um, I think it can worsen it, worsen those histories. But I, I, I don't believe that it can make it better. Um, I think our realities um, and our ability to live our lives um, the way we are able to um, can, can supersede um, those histories. Um, but I don't know if, if we can ever bring that into an image world as a way to, um, as a way to kind of, um, yeah, to kind of undo the past. Um, I think we can learn from it and, um, and not repeat those mistakes, but not necessarily make it better, if that makes sense. Yeah, I also have the feeling that Leslie, by, by writing, you know, uh, if photographs can be corrected for photo photography's dark history, um, I don't want to speak for Leslie, but that she is not really saying like wiping it out because that's impossible indeed, mm. but maybe balancing the scale a bit do you feel like your work is is doing that or are you not thinking about your work in that manner? Are you talking about me or Leslie? No, no, that's to you. That's right. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I think, I think my, I, well, I hope my work is, is my, I hope my work is having a conversation, a productive conversation with that, with those um, histories. And it's learning from that, and it's offering possibilities that will hopefully will hopefully signal to signal to, towards a future that is not burdened by the, those pasts. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think I was I was definitely thinking about. Um, uh, you know, like, can you photograph your, yourself out of the problem? Right? Um, is there, is there, is there a way, is there a way to go? And I think, you know, especially for, I, I don't, it's not everybody's problem, but I think especially for, for photo historians and curators, like the people who care about photography, there's like, a, you know, we, 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 we live our techno pessimism, like, I think um, pretty, pretty well and robustly and, and this, this kind of per perpetual anxiety, um, you know, I, I mean, I usually say something to the effect of, you know, we were far, we're more inclined to talk about what photographs take away from us than what they give or, you know, and, and it's, um, you know, it, and so it's that, you know, I, I, I would agree, Luther, I think your work is not, um, it doesn't offer itself up as a corrective, it, uh, it, it offers itself up as a way to think, as a think you know, think with and against and, and for, and like to, to do, to, 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 to take those different kinds of positions in relation to the photograph and, um, to, to call out a kind of awareness of the, of not just the looking, but of the having photographed, right? Like you like what mm -hmm. the, that, that evidence of that encounter, um, the mainness mm -hmm. of that encounter. Um, and in, in that, that felt really, um, 
significant to, to, to think about, but I, but I, but it was also from having, you know, spoken with you and know that, 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 you know, there's a, there's a lot of anxiety about what photographs can and can't do and what they have done that I think also guides, you know, your, your thinking and, um, and pushes you on your way. Thank you both so much for your time and for sharing all these insights. It was really interesting. And I hope you No, thank it. you. Yeah, thank you so much. This was so much fun. These are my favorite kinds of conversations to have. It's just like yeah. to talk about work and what it's doing and and how you came to it and stuff. This is the best stuff you can do. So thank you. Yeah, thank cool. you. Thanks. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Phone Talks. If you're interested in reading articles by Luther, please check out the online publication Public Parking, for which he is a regular contributor. And of course, keep an eye on Phone's social media for the upcoming episode. See you next time.